He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. That makes me Evan Wexel. And this is a podcast where I interview my Facebook friends in a very random manner. Um, we are Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel, awkwardwithevan.com to go to the website with all the past episodes. Also, at Awkward with Evan on Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to hear past episodes besides awkwardwithevan.com, there is iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, exciting things since my last episode. I guess the last formal episode I did was with Cherish Bliss, uh, the burlesque dancer in Los Angeles. Um, then I wrote for a fundraiser. And one of the guys in the fundraiser who hosted every year was able to come on the podcast for episode 19. Um, you may have heard that episode, which was only, you know, two, three minutes. It was technically it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, George W. Bush, Robert Downey Jr. and Morgan Freeman. Um, but that was due to the brilliance of Jim Meskimen, uh, impressionist and comedian out here in LA who had been on America's Got Talent, I kind of wanted to do something different and just, uh, you know, treat it like I was busting into a, a Hollywood party. And really, I just pulled Jim aside for a couple minutes backstage and we improv because that's what Jim does best. And episode 19 is that abnormality of a three-minute episode, two and a half minutes, really. No plugs for patreon.com slash funnyevan. That will be coming later in the episode, and there's also a, a new opportunity uh, for anyone out there that is looking to do podcasting themselves. Uh, this week, I, I'm also oh, – one other thing. I was – one thing I like about this format is I like getting in touch with Facebook friends that I've never spoken to or we know of each other, and I wanted to bring back the randomity of – and the awkwardness of talking to someone I've never spoken to until the podcast. That stuff is coming up due to uh, serendipity by running into someone I had not seen or heard from in like 10 years. And she's not on Facebook anymore, but she is playing a big role in a couple of upcoming episodes that are themed and also with people I've never spoken to. So look forward to that. I know that's very vague. But that's the plan. This time, I was home, home tonight on a Monday. Wife is at acting class. Kid's doing his tablet thing in the next room over. I am a good parent to him, just not right now. So I was just, this is how I get my guests sometimes. Sometimes I just hit up who's online on Facebook and uh, I found someone just now. And uh, it was cool that he was still awake on the East Coast and it's much cooler that he's a fellow fraternity brother of mine, uh, Nick LaFam, Nicholas LaFam in Washington, D.C. Uh, we were both at Theta Chi, uh, Tufts University. I graduated, and then a couple years later, he started at Tufts. So it'll be interesting to hear uh, how our experiences were different and how they were the same. But one thing is, right now at Tufts University, Greek life is kind of like being put on the chopping block a little bit. 
um, just because of some things that came out and, and we get into what that all is about and, you know, how to handle, how we would handle something like that. But, you know, Greek life is kind of not a guarantee right now at Tufts University in the near future. Uh, but we share our positive experiences on how, uh, Greek life made us who we are. And uh, I also get to find out what Nick has been up to, uh, since he graduated and, and I didn't even realize, you know, where he went to high school and, and where he grew up. And uh, he's big, big in politics in Washington, D.C., of course. And uh, he was definitely uh, someone who liked in working for Hillary Clinton um, during her 2008 campaign. And he stays very connected, um, but he also knows when to disconnect to all the noise. Um, but it's always cool to hear his perspective because he has a very diplomatic perspective, very political perspective, which is really cool. Um, and he was also part of a progressive think tank and that mesmerized me. So I'm going to jump in, uh, to that with him, but, uh, without further ado, I mean, let's just get to my talk with fellow fraternity brother, Tufts Jumbo, all around good human being, Nick LaFame or Nick LaFame. Damn it. It's Nick LaFame. Guys, we're here on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel, and I'm proud to say that one of my affiliations is with Theta Chi Fraternity, and our motto is the helping hand. For example, tonight, I had no one for my podcast, so what do I do? I stalk people on Facebook and see who's online. Thankfully, one of my fraternity brothers... Is it Nicholas Lefam? That's how you say your last name, right? Lefam? Lefam. Lefam. The fam. That sounds much more exotic, glorious, and Hollywood. You'd make a great celebrity. <laughs> um, so Nicholas Lefam already was like, dude, you mean like talk to you right now? I'm on the East Coast. It's like 1 a.m. where I am. But it's funny because you were trying to log in via your Xbox. And you're looking at me, I guess, via your Xbox. But it's kind of – is this like your own place that you live in right now? Yes. It's a nice place. Uh, it's like you broke into yeah. like a family's house and like, cause you look oh, so yeah. young still. <laughs> this video is well, not going to be broadcast or anything, but I mean, just know guys, he's, it's like, he's Macaulay. He's like Asian Macaulay Culkin. He just broke into this house and it's like, he's got his own place. It's awesome. Other pictures on the wall. Pictures, <laughs> and, pictures and everything. Unlike me where I just put up my show flyers on the wall and my wife is like, take it down. Um, Cool. So thanks for jumping on with me. I guess I never knew this. Where in Texas were you originally from? Um, Houston, Texas. Okay. Uh, Through high school? Uh, no, actually. Uh, my um, So I was born there and I lived there till I was about eight. Uh, my mom, my extended family on my mom's side is all there. But um, my father works in uh, the oil business, so right. we moved overseas when I was young. So middle school, high school, I went to an American international school in Saudi Arabia. Whoa. So, I didn't know this. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. People come on my podcast and they're like, I don't know what to say. My life is so boring. So I got this girl to come on and she's like, okay, so I grew up in Israel and we had a, a panic room and gas masks. And I'm like, this is very exciting. Um, so, wow. I didn't know you went to, you were into school and saw, and you, so you applied to Tufts university while you're in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Dude. So I, um, I applied to a number of schools. I had never lived in new England before, so I wanted to try it out and here we are. So now it's <laughs> so now you can, have you washed the Red Sox fan off of you yet? Have you washed all the, <laughs> the, the Bostonians off of you? Cause I, I respect them, but it's still, you know, it's in their veins. I mean, yeah. I, 
So I used to, so the, the interesting thing is the first, like basically the, around the first year I arrived, they won the world series. And then the year I left, they won the world series. <laughs> uh, and so, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I was always an Astros fan and so it didn't, you know, I always have the fact that we, we took Jeff Bagwell from them. Um, but, uh, we, uh, Oh shit. I'll put my video He's on. That's why I figured I'd put oh, my okay. video on to be, to be fair. Oh, okay. Um, basically, uh, you know, they were an NL team at the time. So I, you know, I could watch Red Sox games and, you know, root for them if I wanted to. And it, as long as they'd never played the Astros, we'd yeah. be fine type of thing. Um, and now they, however, they're in the AL. So, you know, you know, F them. So, yeah. So would you see Astros Orioles games ever or? Um, I used to see them when they were at the Nats, when they played the Nats in the National League. Yeah. Um, now it's a little bit harder to to go to Baltimore to to watch, but um, I have you know done it once, oh, okay. um, and they're actually kind of good. The last few years before last year, they were terrible, so it was you know uh, it, it's a little bit harder to to go <laughs> for you know an hour and a half to two hours somewhere to watch them get blown out, and then <laughs> to like have to leave and come back. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy baseball. I enjoy the games. I enjoy all sports. Oh, that's so. good. That's good. Nick likes sports, guys. Um, so I, I'm a Yankee fan. So I was in, I was in college when they were winning every time. So it was kind of that's what I dealt with. People just hated me. Um, but we missed each other, I guess, by a couple of years. Then I left in '01. So you got yeah, and in I the, started in the fall of 2003. Whoa! So, so we missed each other. But I knew, like, I like because you were very active, and I was, I was on the like alumni president for years on ends. Theta Chi the fraternity <laughs> rep- represent. I did. I gave it up in 2010, but now I'm back on the alumni advisory board, and uh, we meet once a month sometimes, and just Google Hangout and just see whose connection is the one with all the people in the background, and usually it's like someone's out of Starbucks making things difficult, but yeah. Are you, are you still in that area? Like, or or like close enough or what do you mean? I, I live in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. I mean, do you go back? Like uh, when you meet, I guess I online or something. The last time I was in the chapter house was probably April, 2015. I think I just did a show in Newton and I just came over and I saw some of the guys and just based on how those guys were, I was like, you know what? I probably want to get involved again. Cause they, they seem to be nice guys and they like, you know, I also was impressed. Like, you know, like we had, we learned silly things and I'm not going to obviously say anything. I'm going to honor our, our secrecy, but you know, like we had a song that, you know, if it was said now they it wouldn't fly <laughs> with society okay. so they told me how they got rid of it i was like wow they're kind of coming up with the times and right. and they're you know they're socially conscious so i think that that's cool for them that there's still good people there um but now you've just discovered and i kind of knew of this that greek life at tufts university is kind of under fire right now i guess there have been a lot of right. self-imposed factions what what did you what have you gotten so far out of what's going down on um, I would say the first news I got of trouble was, um, you know, they, you know, one of the publications on campus, the yeah. Tufts Observer. I guess there was an article 
that bashed, I guess, the Greek system. And um, one of my friends who, you know, from Tufts, non-Greek, uh, like posted it. And like there was oh. some, you know, scathing yeah. criticism attached to it. And, um, you know, that, that kind of, I feel that sort of lured me kind of back into that mindset <laughs> again. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, you know, I, I do, you know, my career and stuff like in politics. Oh. And so, yeah. um, you know, there are a lot of times where you, you know, have the urge to rapidly respond to things. And then sure. there are the times you pick and choose your battles. Right. Right. And, and I've gotten a lot better on social media about, you know, not, you know, <laughs> it, you have to. You the know, election you has to. taught you, you well, just, Mr. LeFebvre. Right, you, you can't just engage everyone. But anyway, right. um, it brought me back to the mindset. And so then, like, you know, I just thought I never let I'm still on the our fraternity, like, listserv. So I don't read anything you, you on still it. Get, it, it. I don't know how I still don't. I don't get I guess I unsubscribed or something. Because it's like yeah. one of those things you're in for life. Like you're always on our list, sir. <laughs> I, it's filtered to another folder, so oh, I don't okay. actually like. It doesn't okay. go into my regular inbox. Yeah, but I, um, you know, and also for for you know reasons because you know I don't want to get tempted to open it any of those emails during work because oh, there's no. a lot of non-appropriate you know <laughs> subject matter, not safe for work subject matter like that is discussed, and I don't want you know my work servers to like have records of that. Um, and, but you know, that prompted me to, you know, do a quick, you know, browse of, uh, topics. And they talked about kind of, you know, rush being at risk and Mm -hmm. certain houses on campus that were, you know, under investigation and, and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, for me, I had such a wonderful uh, experience. Yeah. At, you know, being a Greek, being, you know, it made me a better person. And of course, you know, there are obviously um, things that could be better about it, sure. you know, things that could be improved about it, um, issue, legitimate issues that are raised every time about um, kind of the uh, kind of the peer pressure culture that leads to you know, the lack of accountability sometimes yeah. from, of, of, you know, certain juvenile behaviors or unacceptable behaviors. But, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's hard because you feel like, um, it's when the system is under attack, you're kind of you oh, know, totally. under attack to yeah. some extent. And I think that, you know, for us that are in the system, we, we wanted to, um, we believe people should be held accountable, but not the wrong people, right? right. You know, the whole blanket, you know, uh, you know, uh, blanket kind of uh, stigma attached to everyone that you know. While some people may deserve it, and others don't, yeah. And you know that that kind of it brought back those feelings again. And I wanted, you know, I've always been a, a firm believer that you know bad apples lead to you know, bad actions and that, you know, I I never felt that the system, you know, the system itself has problems, but, you know, whether it's fraternities or businesses or governments, you know, bad people will do bad things. And it's not so much the systems itself, but the people who run the system. Take advantage of it. Yeah. You know, and I always felt that you need to empower the good people while at the same time holding the bad people accountable. But if you just kind of punish everybody equally, then you kind of, you know, 
disincentivize people from, you know, wanting to do better. Yeah. Instead, it creates this like mentality where you've, you've, you know, circle the wagons and don't want to, you know, whistleblow when, uh, on folks who are doing bad and, you know, all this stuff. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it, no, it's a total like whirlwind of like craziness of all di- confusion from all directions. Cause you know, we want, we love college cause there's no parents around, but then if the administration oversteps it being the parents of every fraternity and sorority, it's kind of rough, but you know, basically, yeah, the article was printed in the observer, like detailing like some grotesque practices of a fraternity, um, that definitely made this person leave the next morning of stuff he saw. And, uh, I'm sure like, I, I know the stuff we've done. I know the stuff that goes on a little bit in other chapters and, you know, it's, it's more of a fishbowl just every day. Like, I mean, there's so much good that we do. And I, and during my shows for Greek life, I always like pimp myself to every Greek system in the country. Cause I'll do my comedy, but I'll also like talk about Greek unity after my show, or I'll even do like in the fall, I've done a couple like anti hazing hazing prevention kind of talks because the gist of this is that we do a lot of good. So that should earn us some credibility. Um, Obviously that's not the stuff that's going to get headlines, but you know, at the same time we have to know that and approach our practice. Like if every action we did was known to the public, which ones would they like go balls crazy about? And you know, Obviously, that stuff also, it's like, it's personal to each chapter. Like maybe one chapter thinks doing X is not the greatest thing, but another chapter's cool with it. I mean, as long as they're cool with it and they take responsibility for that, you know, let them learn by their own discretion. But, you know, if they're taking it to such a level where people are writing about them the next day in the Tufts Observer, we're we're messed up. So, uh, yeah, because like, yo, tell me about, because I was always impressed with you because you were always so positive and very involved like what were some cool things that experiences you had when you were an undergrad or even as an alum like theta chi or greek life in general um i would say that um you know well there's you know there are different layers to it i'll say layer from a like learning experience um when you you know are in a fraternity you're basically put into like 50 forced relationships, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, the term brothers, right? So right. you're brothers with like all these people and kind of, you have, obviously you choose to rush and join yeah. the organization, but, you know, in a way overnight, you're now like, you know, into these forced relationships. And part of that is, you know, navigating and um, connecting with, you know, 50 people who have varying personalities, varying backgrounds, varying, um, you know, habits and experiences. And thus, um, you know, it allows you to a learn about uh, different people and Mm -hmm. be able to negotiate and get along with, you know, all these, you know, people in a, and in some cases, a very tight space, if you, you know, are all living in the same house, etc. And, you know, that's a very important um, not just lesson for life, but sure. it also forces you to get out of your comfort zone, to assert yourself when necessary, to, um, you know, compromise on, on 
um, you know, whether it's living situations or, um, and, and it creates kind of like a, you know, the, the house, you know, system has like a structure where you, you vote on things and, you know, take leadership positions. And, and so I felt that it, you know, is a very special, especially in this day and age where it's so easy to, um, isolate yourself and, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, reading news sources that confirm your biases <laughs> or order shopping online or whatever, yep. where it takes you away from having to actually interact with people mm-hmm. and particularly people maybe you don't like, but have to tolerate, you know, yeah. you know, that's, that's what in a way that the forced relationships give you valuable training for, you know, work, your office relationships, for your personal relationships, for, for, you know, family relationships, even, right. And so I think that was a big part of it. And to particularly if you didn't have a, you know, not saying I didn't, I did, but for those who didn't have um, like a strong, maybe familial background or strong family connections or whatever, this provided that kind of you know, community that, um, would have your back when you needed it and, and who you could lean on for, you know, certain things, whether it was a ride to the airport or, or like study help or whatever. So, I mean, I think that kind of encapsulated, I mean, yes, there were fun times and partied and did all this other stuff, but I think that at the crux, that's what, what value brought to it. And Mm -hmm. I think that, it, like I said, took you out of, outside of your comfort zone. So you, um, it forced you to do things that you might not have done on your own or whatever. But um, yeah, I yeah. mean, that, that kind of sums it up. Yeah, because we had like 15 officer positions you could be. And it's like majors are great in college, but the job listings, you know, you'll hit up after school can be mirrored in as you're an undergrad, whether you're like a secretary or a treasurer or a house manager, like all those things, like if you're designing our chapter's website, you could be designing someone's website after college. So there's just so much, uh, yeah, there's so much of foreshadowing you could get out of, you know, being active. And I mean, I could see the force relationships. I mean, it was definitely opportunities to meet so many different people and, you know, people would kind of, it's like, almost like you're casting a show. It's like, okay, this is the person, you know, we can blame for everything, or this is the person that's just, we can count on for a laugh. So like, I you know the friends I the things I saw and the 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 funny things people would get into that I would never have seen if I wasn't in the chapter it was priceless. So I mean I wouldn't have a career if I was Greek. Honestly, I don't know if you know my comedy story. Um, I was a temp when I moved out to L.A. I, I was okay. I wanted to do comedy. I, I followed my wife out here, um, but I was a temp, not really doing anything. And then I was like, what the hell? What am I? And I literally like just internet researched like eleven years ago every. Theta Chi chapter I could find to just pimp them for shows. And first show I did was like recruitment event, MIT. Then I was doing fundraiser for Katrina in Wake Forest's chapter. And I've been to like over 55 chapters probably, whether it's through the Greek system or just the chapter themselves. And every personality is different and every like group is different. So it's kind of cool that, you know, even just being in your own chapter, it's like, First of all, if you'd said 55th force relationships, that means we had a good recruitment because my chapter was not that big when I was an <laughs> undergrad. We were like hovering yeah. around 30. Maybe we got like six guys a spring, but 50 is good. But uh, I don't even know what I was saying. Like, it's not just our chapter. It's like 
there's a nation of yeah. like flags you can put in each state of like where all the chapters are and then when you go to convention it's kind of cool i don't know had you ever been to a, a convention for no. uh it's it's all right not. my my claim to fame is i went to the 150th and no. th- there's a freeman chase 5k and i and i actually i won it i won the 5k that year but it's because this like older guy who's probably like some triathlete was injured and he didn't do it and it was raining so i won I won by, and I think I also won because they, they, instead of 5k, they accidentally mapped out five miles. So I had the training <laughs> behind me to win the Freeman chase 5k at the one fiftieth. but it's a good, it's a good time. If you can get it in your area, they usually like float to different regions yeah. each. So well, I was in school during the one fifty, So oh, that's why I didn't so really go. <laughs> no, just Justin Henneman was the guy that I yeah. went to the one fifty. Yeah. All right. We're going to get back to Mike talk with Nick Latham, but first, it's that time. It's time to tell you about not patreon.com just yet. Um, there's another thing I've started for any of you guys that are interested in doing podcasting yourself and um, want to like learn to do it on your website and um, if you have WordPress. Blueberry.com is one of those uh, plugins for WordPress that allows you, they host your episodes for you. So if you want to do your own podcast, you need a place to put your media. I recommend Blueberry and I now have a promo code. If you guys want to look into getting your own hosting or your own statistics on how many people are downloading your stuff, go to Blueberry.com and then sign up and use the promo code Evan, E-V-A-N. Now also Blueberry.com is B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. So you're leaving a a few vowels out and leaving out the E's in Blueberry. So that's just something I want you guys to check out. Um, But now that I have my stuff being hosted on Blueberry, I can tell you about Patreon.com because that is what helps me continue to do this podcast. Patreon.com slash FunnyEvan is where you can go to see what I'm up to and how you can support me to continue to create these episodes. Um, For as little as $1 a month, um, you can, in a recurring manner, make sure that Socially Awkward is forever. Um, I have a lot of Facebook friends I want to get to, and um, Patreon is a direct cause of me being able to continue doing this podcast. Now, in exchange for you guys helping me out, I have set up tiers, reward tiers for you guys. Obviously, if you do a dollar a month, you can see my fee to all my patrons. But, you know, for $3, $4 a month, uh, I will follow you on Twitter. The, po- the podcast will follow you on Twitter. And uh, we will give you a certificate to make you a member of my Awkward Army. There are actually Awkward Army certificates. I made them on PowerPoint. I will send them to you. Um, but also, even for $5 a month, you can get a snazzy little uh, Evan Wexel cell phone wallet. So if you don't like carrying around a big wallet or you just like to carry around a little bit of cash, maybe an ID, you throw it in the cell phone wallet, you throw it on your phone, and you got my logo on there. It's magic. There's also increased opportunities for anyone who wants to do more. You can. Not not someone telling you not to. Um, I offer consultations. I offer getting you on the, the podcast, whether you're my Facebook friend or not. I even offer total sponsorship, title sponsorship. So, so even check out funny Evan, patreon.com slash funny Evan and, uh, all the info's there. Um, your support is definitely appreciated. Whether you 
don't want to do a podcast and don't want to do the blueberry.com promo code Evan thing, that's cool. But patreon.com is a cool thing for a dollar a month. Find some loose change, head over to the coin star, convert it into a bill, put that bill on your credit card, put that credit card on patreon.com. That means a cool 80 cents for the podcast. So definitely uh, support if you can. Let's get back though to the true star of episode 20. This is Nick LaFam. So have you been doing po- political stuff since you graduated? Uh, yeah, I, um, when I, I graduated in 2007, right. I, I worked for Hillary Clinton when she ran the first time. Yeah. And then when she lost, then I, um, basically moved to, I worked for her all over the country. And then oh, wow. she, once she conceded, I, um, moved to DC, mm-hmm. uh, this was like in, like basically around president Obama's inauguration. Yeah. I got a job, uh, progressive think tank and then oh there for about three years what goes on in a progressive think tank is it just brainstorming or what what's the (laughs) well i mean the end game so the way i sort of um uh describe it it's almost like academia in many ways so basically you have a lot of different experts in different fields okay and they um try to tackle you know come up with solutions for problems that uh public policy problems that okay. affect our country. So they they do some research, they develop these solutions and publish them and in these reports and um, like outlining kind of, you know, yeah. the, the research they found and what they believe would help mitigate whatever problem sure. it is, whether it's, you know, healthcare or foreign policy or the economy, you know, and, and basically they publish these and they, you know, push it to, you know, stakeholders, policymakers, elected officials to try to get them to um, buy into these ideas to help, you know, make the country better. Um, And so that's what the think tank does. And so um, then like... So uh, what's your role? Are you in the think tank? Not, not anymore. Oh, was, what, what were you doing? What was your specialty? It's like, it's like the, it's like justice league or something. You guys are all sitting <laughs> around telling like the anti axis of evil. Like you're trying to plan. Um, so I, I started, I worked on like, um, kind of like women's issues, like work family, okay. uh, balance, work life balance right. issues. Um, uh, because that's, that was kind of a, you know, paid lead. Like it, it basically, um, at the time, um, there was a, kind of economic change happening in our country and that, uh, you know, we traditionally had a male centric workforce mm-hmm. and, um, around this, you know, 2009, 2010, 2011, um, our economy, our labor force was changing to the point where women were becoming the majority, um, of kind of bre- breadwinners in the country. Nice. Um, and, and what that meant was, you know, our laws and our practices had to catch up to that because okay. if most families have a, you know, female member who's, you know, making money, then um, that, you know, how much they make impacts the family bottom line. Their okay. ability to, you know, take time off to take care of kids um, yeah. and for dads too, yeah. you know, um, matters because now that both, if both parents or both, you know, spouses are, you know, rely on, they families rely on their, both their incomes to like make ends meet, Mm -hmm. then you need to have policies that allow them to take time off. If there's like a sick, you know, get paid time off, there's like a sick child or relative they have to care for. And, you know, a variety of other kind of, you know, 
adjustments. And so sure. we worked. I worked on a little bit on that, and then I also worked on their um, HR side for a while, like recruiting and hiring and and that type of stuff. You got stuff. to recruit think tank people. You recruited. Think, you what? You recruited think tankers. Yes, I Whoa. recruited think tankers. Holy cow! <laughs> that sounds like a. Like an Elysium or some kind of like utopian movie. <laughs> like you're trying to like filter in like the cream of the crop of ever, all these professions and areas. Well, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a nonprofit. So right. it's, you're okay. not that much money. So no, it's, 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 <laughs> still, it's nonprofit like superheroes. So, um, but yeah. And so then I moved to the government. So now I've been working in the government for almost the last four years. Okay. Um, so now I work at a bank regulator, okay. um, so good. And then are you now, as we enter the world, the, the world of Trump, do you, like, are you amazed at like, it's, is it my, I'm not watching as much news, but is he, has he not changed at all since winning the election or is it just still the same rhetoric? He, he's still doing the same rhetoric. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he's, he's a master, like, you know, pitch man, you know, yeah. showman. And he, you know, he's, he's like, one of the best con artists we've had of all time, right. you know, cause he, he says, you know, he, he has never like, he, he's, he changes his story within the same breath. And then he is very good at repeating, you know, buzzwords yeah. or like kind of these, you know, he knows what people want to hear right. and he provides that to them. And, you know, but people, you know, their attention span is so short that they can't, they will never like hold him accountable to these things. Right. And not only that, but he says so many things that like you can't catch up with it or, you know, you move on. He <laughs> doesn't play the media very well because people move on to the next story, right? What would so his role something. be in your think tank, Nick? What? What would his role be in your think tank? What would his role Trump, be Trump in Trump comes our- in, I'm like, Nick, put me on your think tank. I'm going to be a stupendous person. What, what can I do? Where would you put him <laughs> in your think tank? If I had a think tank, where would I put him? Yeah, like you were hiring uh, people for your think tank earlier, so obviously he's not women's issues. That's that's. Out I of mean, the question, he could but... he could probably be good like mark communications okay. and marketing. Okay. Know how to like sell right. like our policies and shop our you know uh, because you think you know he's he's gone through bankruptcies. You know, none of most of his products have failed, and yet people still keep giving him money <laughs> to shop his name. <laughs> it's oh it's, it's incredible. Uh, like, you know, more power to him if you can, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's still considered yeah, like, this is a- still like training camp and like now this is basically the election was training camp. Now's the preseason and we'll see what happens when the regular season starts. I mean, for all we know, he might not even finish the season. So we'll right. see how, how he performs. I mean, it's, it's good. I'm intrigued. I'll give it that. I'm intrigued. I don't think it'll be as bad as, as Bush years, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he could just like, you know, collect the, you know, collect his paycheck and then just be on the disabled list, you know, just <laughs> like, he doesn't you even want to get paid. Scratch, he's he's right? willing to forego his paycheck. He's like, pay right. me a dollar, well, fine. Well, I mean, you know, forget the, sa- you have to remember, he yeah. still owns all his businesses, right? Right. right. And, you know, he can, uh, you know, most of these, we've, we've heard now that most of his calls with world leaders, he talks about like his hotel in this country <laughs> and like, you know, getting a permit for his building in this country. So, like, don't let you know, foregoing salary fool you. There's a lot of money out there that you know he has that's in his investments. Right. That right, you know, that's all you frame it, how you communicate. Uh, cool, man. Well, 
I guess this is thanks for jumping on and, and being such a, uh, a short notice guest for me. Uh, much appreciated. Um, oh, any, awake, so. yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Thank you for, on the West coast for, for on the East coast for, for staying awake, uh, with us West coast people who are behind you. Um, I don't know. Is there anything you'd want to like promote or any message you would like to say to the, to the general audience or uh, any closing remarks from yourself? Closer remarks. Yeah. Um, I would say that, uh, what regarding kind of whatever, or (laughs) I don't know. I just, (laughs) I either, I either tell people two things at the end, either we're winding down and I'll say, and like anything you want to promote, if it's like an artist or I'll be like, you guys have any, you have any questions for me? Well, I do want to thank you for coming to my show at Theta Chi Maryland years ago. That was cool. Oh yes. Oh, you remembered. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember you came to that and then we went out to this, uh, yeah, we went out to like this local place because my friend Adrian came. Adrian was episode two of the podcast. Um, so I got the A train on. Um, yeah. So I always ask people at the end, just if they have anything they want to say or message they want to share or something simple or just any questions for me, or if they just want to go to sleep, it's it's up to you. (laughs) No worries. Well, I'm awake now. So, uh, I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, let's just, I guess to sum up all the different topics we talked about, right. You know, Greek life and, you know, the Trump train. And, uh, I think that, I think that a lot of, you know, the threads that we talked about, what was about trying to, um, get outside of your comfort zone and, uh, not just, you know, take, you know, things at face value, but, uh, at least with Greek life, you know, particularly those who aren't part of it, it's easy to kind of, you know, say, oh, they're all bad. Right. Yeah. Or like, you know, they're, you know, it's the easy solution would be to just totally get rid of them all. And then you don't have to have, it's like, oh, no more Greek problems if there's no more Greek life. But, you know, the, the problems are just microcosms of society. Right. Right. You know, right. Whether it's like, um, it's just you know, ethical issues, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, there are ethical issues that would exist in many other, um, that do exist in fact, in right. many other, uh, organizational structures. And yeah. so I think that for me, um, a better strategy would not just be to, you know, sweep it under the rug, but to try to address, you know, the underlying issues to make it better. And that's how I've always felt, you know, whether it's government, whether it's, you know, even after, you know, the Trump train, I'm still in the government, right? Because yeah. I just still want to do a, uh, you know, try to make the best out of every situation. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if that's like the eternal optimist in me that says mm-hmm. that doesn't want to give up on, you know, whether it's, you know, Greek life or the government or anything or my sports team, you know, <laughs> or the Houston Astros. But <laughs> I feel like, you know, you work within, uh, uh, you, you work with the tools you have and you try to make, you know, things better and um, nothing is perfect, but, you know, you just go out there and uh, there's always next season. <laughs> Definitely. And um, as of right now, I think the Tufts Greek life, they've like, voluntarily they're not going to do spring recruitment i think and they were not going to do social events but you know at the same time if they waited a week and just let everyone chill out they could have handled it and then come up with a better you know proactive solution so we'll see what happens but yeah definitely you know it's always good to get out of your comfort zone and uh and congrats on getting carlos beltran back on the astros 
So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we're, they're not done yet. Not done yet. Yeah. Another starting pitcher is cool. coming. I feel cool. Well, uh, yeah. Well, stay on. I'm gonna synthetically, uh, artificially say thanks for coming on the podcast, and then I can give you more information. But uh, Nick Lafam, that, that's a great name, guys. You're never gonna spell it right. No, I think they can spell it right. L E P H A M. If you want to look this guy up on my Facebook friend list and be his friend, I don't know. Um, but Nick Lafam, thanks for coming on. Socially awkward. Okay, that was my talk with Nick LaFam, fellow Tufts Jumbo and Theta Chi brother. What's up? It was cool because he was trying to get me on his Xbox Skype. And all that allowed me to do, he couldn't hear, I couldn't hear him, but it allowed me to see what his whole place looks like. And it's so weird to see someone from college living in a place that's not like a fraternity house or a dorm room or, you know, a rundown off-campus house. He's got a nice place. It's the kind of place that, you know, Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci would break into in Home Alone. And and there's Nick LaFam, as I was trying to joke about in the early beginnings that he was not laughing about. Um, But that was my episode with him. Definitely check out other episodes at awkwardwithevan.com, at awkwardwithevan on Facebook and Twitter. Get your past episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. And if you like what you're hearing, please, patreon.com slash funnyevan to support. And if you want to do this yourself, head over to blueberry.com with the promo code Evan. So those are some fun opportunities there. Um, I'm going to be trying to do a lot of episodes in the coming weeks because people will be free. They won't be working. And I, and I want to get a good chunk in. I have, uh, I have some theme episodes planned where if you remember, or if you want to listen to, to episode three of socially awkward, it was something called the Evan club. I just interviewed people named Evan, um, coming up in the future, chasing Amy. I just randomly ran into someone I knew named Amy. I did a gig with like 10 years ago in LA, got in touch with her. Even though she's not on Facebook, she inspired me to get some Amy's on the podcast. And four Amy's later, I have four Amy's. And I only looked, I know a lot of Amy's I I found out, but all the Amy's I messaged were people I didn't know really who they were. So I wanted to add that element So stay tuned. Definitely subscribe. Write a five-star review on iTunes. That's a huge help. And uh, I guess I'll just see you guys soon. Stay awkward, or at least I will. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. 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 Wexel.